welcome to B Plot Podcast, the podcast where we take a look at some of the biggest movies from days gone by. Eh, mostly ignore it. Look at the ones that came out on the exact same day. Now, my name is Lincoln, comic out here in London. I'm here with my man Sam. Sam, I hear you're doing well, my dude. Great, just great. Just happy, happy to be at zero. That's where that's where I feel right now. Uh, long-time listeners of the podcast will know. Um, Sam has uh, been through the ringer. Sam is um, Sam is basically uh, what's her name? Santa Stock in Game of Thrones. <laughs> is, <He's> just... <laughs> Wait, is she is she the redhead one who betrays everyone? No, she's the redhead one, and bad shit just keeps happening to her. Oh, okay, um, yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah, that, yeah. She just everyone just keeps doing bad things and betraying her and stuff. And I was like, Sam betrayal mostly by his own body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> his own body betraying him mm. but are you doing well my dude you're sleeping well everything's good on a physical level you're good yeah i'm yeah I'm, I'm 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 basically just like your regular person now just like an average dude walking down the street living oh, man, I'm, I'm glad to hear it i'm glad to hear it um guys we watched uh we watched some doozies uh this week um 1999 we're going back to uh previously we went there for the matrix if i'm not mistaken 1999 is actually like an incredible film year if i'm not mistaken it's also blade 98 was blade blade was 98 98. okay my 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 apologies but 1999 is a banger of a film here and uh, this time around we watched uh the sixth sense m night Shyamalan. the m is for mediocre (laughs) and um on the same day uh mystery men starring ben stiller william h macy um your man from the simpsons uh which is named hank azaria hank azaria um janine garofalo Loads of big stars. Uh, not Kel. a big movie. Kel from uh, Keenan and Kel, who I had previously in my mind killed off. I was like, oh no, this guy's dead. Well, uh, interesting thing, I'm sure we'll get to it. But you know, there was rumors about both of them being dead. Keenan Keenan Thompson's been on SNL for like 30 years. Yeah. And whilst he was on SNL in the rest of the world, people were like, you hear Keenan or Kel died? And people were like, yeah, just didn't watch SNL. That's hilarious. We'll come back to that because I also mm. have a story about that. But um, the first one that we actually watched, The Sixth Sense, uh, Bruce Willis, Haley Joel Osment, uh, also the wonderful Tony Collette, who I mm. uh, forgot is in it. But um, uh, give us the basic summary for The Sixth Sense, although I'm sure loads of people know it. Yeah, uh, we're just going to go like full spoiler version from the beginning. Bruce Willis is a child psychologist who is murdered by one of his patients that he failed, comes back as a ghost, doesn't know it, thinks he's still just a regular old child psychologist to try and help a kid with the exact same problems as the one that killed him. Only this time he finally finds out and believes that this kid actually can see and communicate with ghosts. Mm, the kid being Heidi Joel Osment, who I think got nominated for an Oscar, if mm. I'm not mistaken. I think he did. Yeah, and well, so there was this, and then a few years later there was Pay It Forward. I don't know if you ever saw that one. I actually liked that movie. I liked it too, uh, but it's the Haley Joel Osment. I'm glad he seems okay now because he was the most adorable kid that you could torture to or past the point of death in the 90s. That was his thing. Yeah, that was his whole energy. Um Tell me about tell me about rewatching this guy again now. For the first time, it must have been a long time because yeah. this isn't a movie that anyone really picks up. Yeah. Um. But like, set the scene for me. How did you How did you experience it? Uh, watch this one with my partner. She hadn't seen it before. Uh, but she knows the spoiler, right? No. Did what? Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was 
uh, fascinating to to live through again because this, this I have an interesting one. I have an interesting story with the first time I ever watched this because these two movies actually, I'm glad you suggested them, were my entire childhood between ten and eleven years old. That year, I must have watched the Sixth Sense of Mystery Men a hundred times a piece. That is nuts. Um, but my to the point where both of these movies were rented from Blockbuster Video when I was a kid. I still remember that, right? My my dad sat me down to watch The Sixth Sense when I was 10. And I watched it and I remember seeing this intro scene, the intro scene where Donnie Wahlberg breaks into Bruce Willis's home and shoots him in the stomach. And then the, the next shot is, it says next fall and Bruce Willis is sitting on a park bench. And I said, oh, so he's a ghost now. And my dad went, yeah, uh, but everybody in the cinema started yelling at me when I said that. And I was like, this is one of those movies where the twist is so obvious that I think it's actually better if you realize it immediately. Oh, man. But how was it like watching it with your partner who's not seen it? Because I actually would have I would have preferred to watch it that way with someone and experience it all over again with them. Yeah, well, it was great. Okay, this is what was great about it. it was it's, it's a film, there is zero fat on the movie, right? It just, like, everything just pushes through. It's, and it's that, it, because the premise is Bruce Willis doesn't know he's dead, uh, there's, there's very little else other than just him having conversations with this kid and this kid getting haunted by ghosts. There's like, mm-hmm. uh, so it was... This was probably the most scared I've been watching a film since Hereditary came out. Uh, because I, I don't know if you have this, but if you're with somebody else who's afraid, you can feel you. Well, I feed off the fear. I'm like, oh, your fear. I feel the fear now, and I enjoy that. I'm like a a, a, a fear vampire. <laughs> um, honestly, like it was great. The the bit where Haley Joel Osment's trying to tell Bruce Willis he can see dead people and he's he's like, you know that feeling when the hair stands up on the back of your neck and a chill goes down your spine? And I was like, yeah, I'm feeling that right now. This is great. I feel like a scared kid again. Oh, that's... I wish I, I, wish I watched it this way because I'm, I will also say, the first time I watched it, I was speaking to a mate about this. I got spoiled, but not through someone telling me. I got spoiled through pop culture. I still remember it. D.L. Hughley... Used to have a t. Used to have a TV show called The Uglies. Um, just a, like a boilerplate sitcom, and in that, at some point in time, they say, "Did you know that Bruce Willis is the ghost at the end of the Sixth Sense?" I didn't know. I didn't know, and this is like back when there was. Uh, also, I can't even be like, "Well, you, you didn't have to watch it." It was like there was four channels, my dude. Like, <laughs> there were no yeah. streaming services. That was the only thing on at seven o'clock. Yeah, and so I watched it. I got spoiled. I watched it still still enjoyed it um the first time around um watch it again now i don't know man i feel i could bite on the performances and the, like a lot of like i think the architecture is gorgeous and the pacing like you said is great but like once in my mind once i knew that bruce willis is the ghost it kind of took it took something out of it for me really you know, just, no it's also because of how the movie I think is marketed initially and how it's set up because Haley Joe Osmond says I see dead people in the trailer that this I remember he says it in the trailer and that kind of like I feel like that kind of ruins 
a little bit because now you're like is it is this it real is it fake is this kid abused blah 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 that's supposed to be like a tension yeah but for like an taken, hour yeah for like a, for half for the half of the movie is 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 does the supernatural actually exist and that got taken away so i was oh man i was a little bit i couldn't bite fully man i couldn't bite fully on the sixth sense this time around even though it was beautiful tony collette is just like a, oh she's just the best Oof. Dude, right? she is fucking she's like fucking stepping back and just like fucking slamming three pointers this yeah. whole fucking movie she <laughs> is she is so good it's, it's and i've never seen her be bad in anything she has that woody harrelson thing where i'm like i've seen bad movies with her in it but i've never seen her be bad in anything exactly um she crushes it this is a movie of both of these movies actually if i had to be honest <laughs> um movies of questions I think mm-hmm. um, the first question, kind of self-evident in um, in the sixth sense, is a question that no one has ever actually bothered to ask, which is, what do these ghosts want? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's a great question. What do ghosts actually want? And it turns out, you know, it's the girl from the OC. She's um, she's been killed by uh, stepmom or whatever. Secondly, mystery men is what do how do you become a superhero like what is the <laughs> how do you build yourself up into super like obviously you got to work the open mic circuit <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to gig your way up into um into it so there's there's all these questions attached to it as well i was sorry just following on from that i also i also like the fact that for, for the sixth sense the solution obviously to anyone who hasn't seen it is too late now um the solution is that Haley Jolisman has to just talk to him and be like, "What was your, what was your, what was your last thing?" But what I love about it is that Misha Barton, the OC girl, is like the only modern death. Like most of the other ghosts, almost all of the other ghosts are from like the 18th century or 300 years ago. I like the fact that to, if there was a sequel to this movie, it would be Haley Joel Osment just like crunch studying history to figure out how to communicate with half of these like hanged nutters who are being like, help me. Oh man, you actually brought up something that I wanted, I was trying to spring on you. Oh really? A, which is a new segment uh, that I want to introduce, which is uh, if there had to be a sequel, okay. what would, what would the sequel for the sixth sense look like? <laughs> uh, um, I think I know. I know exactly what it is. It's Haley Joel Osment um, as a grown ass man. Um, it's basically what. Do you remember that TV show where the guy got the day's newspaper the day before? Have you ever heard of this? No. What's used, this? Uh, I think Carl Chandler was in it. He had like, there was like a thing where he got the next day's newspaper a day early. Mm. And then he'd obviously have to like look through it and be like, oh, there's a crime. And he'd have to try and stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is. I. I think it's just um, basically like Haley Joel Osment like crashing funerals, <laughs> just, <laughs> just being there to be like, all right, let me tell you another thing. Yeah. This guy cheated on his wife. This guy yeah. cheated on his taxes. This guy is anti-Semitic. That guy is like just stop pointing out. People, I was like, yeah, I'd watch this. I watch Haley Joel Osment in the um, yeah, yeah. the extended universe. He's just get he's just getting hammered at funerals like it's a wedding and just banging him out quick like she killed him she did it yeah she did it We're just like <laughs> this is the next thing as well that I would say is um, why is Haley Joel Osment not just like showing up to like 
CSI in the coroner's offices and being like, oh, no, dude, it was clear. It, it, he got bleach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's wrap, let's wrap this up. <laughs> certain movies, I think, work despite. Certain movies work, you know, even though there's a big twist coming. Even Seven is a great example. We watched it not too long ago for the pod. Like, I knew what was going to happen. But the journey was so well-crafted and it took me along for the ride. But I feel like a little bit with Sixth Sense, beyond a, f- a few things, I was kind of like, all right, let's get to the part because I know there are ghosts. Let's get to the part where the ghosts show up. Well, this, so, okay, this is the point I want to make about M. Night Shyamalan is this is the fluke, right? This is the first film. It comes out. It's a banger. Everybody loves it. It does. It's not. A particularly original premise even for the time we had a, 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 almost exactly the same time we had the others and i don't know if you remember stir of echoes with kevin bacon i remember stir of echoes but i do not remember a single thing from it because it's the sixth sense with kevin bacon <laughs> that's why nothing from it but i remember <laughs> what i watched that shit pillar to post 100 <laughs> percent. Um, yeah but it's the thing is is that when you don't know the journey is good enough because you're supposed to slowly be realizing that Haley Joel Osment is the one giving therapy to Bruce Willis, right? That's the that's the theme, that's the emotional journey of the story. But when you actually get into the, like the nitty gritty of the writing, you're like, yeah, there's actually not much there. It's just ah, you had one bad patient. Do you know what I mean? And it yeah. it, it sucked that he killed you, but you failed once, man. You don't need to uh, yeah. come back. There was actually somewhere and we've got it in my notes there was somewhere there was a line oh yeah it's it's the in i in the i see dead people scene uh hayley joel osmond's in the hospital bed and bruce willis has come to visit him and he's says i'll tell you a bedtime story and he can't tell a bedtime story and he's just the bedtime story yeah. is a guy gets into a car and he's driving 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 he says driving a hundred times and hayley joel osmond goes you haven't told many bedtime stories have you you know you had to add some cool stuff like some twists and stuff mm. and I, oh that's that's yeah. the writing philosophy you right? the whole- you you mug it's you <laughs> yeah fucking um, moron and stupid ass ghost and i think that's the part that doesn't hold up but i still think great horror is rooted in tragedy right and it's just it's a really sad it's just everything in the film is really sad that's what i mean like i don't even think this is like a horror i think this is um this is just like a old school um ghost story um where i don't know if the the horror is horror feels like it's something else because they are scary elements but personally i didn't feel scared um oh man this is a there's a great bit that like and i was thinking about this as well um the wife mm. um there's a great uh, and i'll shout it out because obviously I, I can't hide behind it but like nate Burgazzi, the comedian has a fantastic bit about this and basically it's that like this guy got shot at the beginning of the movie we find out that he's a ghost but in the course of events we believe we believe that this person um that this wife just wouldn't speak to her husband for an entire year (laughs) everyone is just like well that's just kind of marriage that's just like (laughs) it's like what marriage is it's like a bad marriage no it's like you got shot yeah but we but like from our perspective not knowing that he's the ghost it's like she's just a massive bitch like (laughs) (laughs) Uh, her husband gets shot and everyone's like and she's like well you ruined our evening yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
that's like what you had to that's if you had no coming in cold yeah. that's all you could have thought <laughs> but those are the premises that we accepted in the late 90s that's uh, my point it's like we just ex- we accepted it as fact these are just these are just the things the, th- the thing is that leap that you have to make with the sixth sense of 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 buying into that at the beginning of the film just that one part of this movie is basically the same amount of like legwork you have to do to accept any of mystery men look man you i know we're gonna get we're gonna get to mystery men in a second but i also wanted to say just about um m night Shyamalan. uh to me he's like the nas of this this directing shit mm. like he knocked it out the park immediately um out the gate with a classic and then my man just he just spent the rest of the time just and there's some look there's some good movies and you can make and you can make a case for some of his later movies like i'll make a case for the village for example i quite enjoyed that i'll fight you on that i made a case i think it's a good joint but my point is this is this is this is nas fans and there's some rap fans who listen to this but not a lot but someone once explained nas to me or read it in a review was like comparing good nas albums or comparing Nas albums is like comparing birthdays to where your dad showed up to birthdays where he didn't show up at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and this is M. Night Shyamalan. Is you can make a case for Signs or for The Village or for Split. That's his one, right? Split is his. Yeah, I never saw it, but yeah. You can make a case for this, but like, man, you're, 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 you're making a... This is failing stuff. <laughs> like you're, you're, you're working too hard. Um to make the case but we've said too much already about the sixth sense which um ah man i feel very conflicted um because i it's not a movie that like if we hadn't chosen for the podcast like i'll never have watched this again like i know it um mystery men is also a movie that i would never have watched because this sam is a complete piece of shit um this okay. is garbage yeah Right, but all right. You tell tell everyone why you're wrong and why you like this movie. Uh, the thing is, I can't argue with you. This this is the Nas thing again, man. I can't, this is I'm gonna say for a birthday with no dad. This was a great birthday. <laughs> <laughs> this it's, everyone it's, going around like you play games. Yeah, like, there were loads of guests. It's oh yeah, man, it's good. It's great. Yeah, it's a pile of fucking steamy shit but there are moments in it where i'm like yeah and okay i have to go back as well the i first saw this film when i was 10 who is this aimed at by the way did you ever catch the certificate on this because i feel like this is a kid's film i did not catch the certificate on it but before you before you go into that and you and you defend um you defend this film and you lose whatever credibility you've built up over the course of uh-huh. the episodes, uh-huh. tell us, tell us the premise of Mystery Men and why, why it's such a hot, steaming pile of garbage. Three dudes build a team of wannabe superheroes to commit a home invasion. That's the film. No, but give the real thing because <laughs> you're making it sound like something I would actually watch. <laughs> like See? that mission from that mission from GTA San Andreas. <laughs> we, have to, we have to break into someone's house give the actual explanation three three yeah three open mica wannabe superheroes who are just terrible and they're always they 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 want to be superheroes but there is a real batman already greg kinnear um Mm. 
is is the real Batman. Uh, Greg Kinnear has basically run out of villains to fight because he's put them all away. So he's losing his sponsorships. So he goes back to resurrect one of his old ones, Jeffrey Rush. Um, who, is who, fantastic, who is absolutely fantastic. In is, he's, he, he's, he's the one bright spark for me. Is it one? Yeah, one of the best things about this movie, and I am convinced I have never seen a film where Jeffrey Rush hasn't played himself, uh, and this I feel like holds that up as well. Jeffrey Rush comes, you know, gets out. He, uh, Greg Kinnear gets Jeffrey Rush out of prison so that he can get back to superhero shenanigans, but Jeffrey Rush imprisons him so that everything rests on these three to six people to mm. save the day. Yeah. So this is. Guys, this is a very interesting example of um, maybe there's younger listeners, which I don't, I have no idea why. <laughs> but um, this is what superhero movies were like in the 90s. I actually went back and I looked up some of the superhero movies that came out around that same time, or that came around leading up to it. There's a movie called Steel with mm-hmm. Shaquille O'Neal in it, where he plays some sort of superhero character. There's The Phantom, which we've covered on this podcast, uh, Judge Dredd. Mm-hmm. Um, Zorro, for yeah. better or worse. Um, there's like a bit more of a parody thing. Blank Man. I don't know if you remember Blank Man. Was that was one of the Wayans? It's one of the Wayans a few years earlier. Yeah. But, uh, the point what I'm trying to make is this is what superhero movies were like. They didn't make money, by and large. They were horribly reviewed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they were kind of, they weren't like premier AAA titles because ben stiller is a big star but ben stiller isn't like off the charts big like he, mm. he hasn't done meet the parents yet he's not you know on that level just yeah. yet um so this is what this was this is like a very campy and at the same time if you look at the batman movies from like the 90s it's like the campiest shit you can imagine <laughs> it's like really nuts uh, again for kids because no one believed in the 90s that an adult would want to watch a superhero movie and i'm gonna say it right so it, it was it was a better time and it's the way it should still be and this is my <laughs> old man thing on this this is where this genre belongs in terms you. of the market it's grandpa simpson <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway, so this movie is um yeah, so there's these three uh superheroes, Hank Azaria, Ben Stiller, um William H. Macy. William H. Macy, sorry. And they all like just have various tasks. They're like professional wrestling gimmicks from the nineties. Like, yeah. one, <laughs> one is like uh, uh kills people with hits people with a shovel. Um Ben Stiller gets really angry, that's his superpower. <laughs> and um Hank Azaria has like a very like um cancelable cultural appropriation situation he throws forks and knives at people it's finally happened your cancel is my weirdly woke moment outrageous um and hank azaria and they are this kind of misfit group of uh, people and um as you say this is interesting greg Kinnear, and this is now we get into like um dragonheart and it was another movie that i think came out with will ferrell like a, a cartoon movie um i think it was called megamind yeah it's like, what happens when... And this is, again, another a movie with great questions. What happens when you solve all the crime? What mm-hmm. happens? Greg Kinnear is the hero. He solves all the crime. So now he has to break out his own um, villain just so he has someone to fight against. It's a fantastic question. Fantastic premise. Yeah. Very interesting. In and they live in the, the um, place that they... The city that they have is like this kind of like Gotham City via Dr. Seuss via... Blade Runner. Blade, Blade Runner yeah. kind of city. 
It's like it's very wacky and crazy. So yeah, so now they have to put this put this gang together, and and then it becomes at at certain points kind of like a heist movie, because mm-hmm. uh, they have to like get the gang together. They have to audition for um, people so that they can go in and take on uh, Jeffrey Rush. And um, this is kind of where the movie spends the most of the time. It's about two hours long. It probably took me about five hours to watch it. Couple of highlights. Couple of highlights for me. Um, what did you think of um, Paul Rubin? Uh, Paul Rubin? Paul Rubens? I can't remember. Uh, Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman had an extended fart situation. That was his power. And in fact, his power is like the second most um, important power yeah. in the whole movie. <laughs> It's it's the most immediately useful. It's the yeah. it's it's the only and it's I think barring Kel, it's the only one that's actually a power. I didn't like it. I'll tell you I this now. It. I did not why, like it. Why, why did you not like it? Uh they've they've okay, they've given him very pointed costumey nineties acne makeup, right? And he's speaking through saliva and he farts. That's the bit, right? What I didn't like about it was that was the moment I decided that I was going to eat my crisps. And I was like, bro, this is too, it's, I'm too old, it's too rough. And now you've put me off my crisps. And for the rest of the movie now, even though I must have seen this movie a hundred times as a 10-year-old, I'll always hate you for ruining that really expensive packet of crisps. What did you What did you have for crisps? So those veggie straws. You know, the, get, the, 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 get the fuck out of here. They're delicious. Ve- veggie straws? Look, man, I'm not a crisp guy. Right, I'm not. I'm not. I don't crisp when I snap. But these veggie <laughs> straw things, oh, they just melt in your mouth. It's Get delicious. The fuck out of here. They're Is so it? good. Yeah, veggie straws. Oh, Get the fuck out of here. Dehydrated vegetables as crisps, bro. You More ab- flavor than a crisp. You absolute goddamn maniac. Yeah, you absolute maniac. Um, if you had to have a uh, superpower, what would it be? Any one or a specific one from this movie. In the universe of this movie. What kind of superhero? Pick one from all of the the superhero superpowers that you saw. Which one would you pick? Janine Garofalo's man. I mean, mm, that's pretty good. A, a dead relative and a bowling ball that can be possessed to basically just do ghost bowling ball. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. In fact, Janine Garofalo's power is so strong that she doesn't need any of these fucking goofballs. She could yeah. have taken all. She could have taken all of them by themselves. <laughs> yeah. Um. What about you? Yeah, I, I think that farting thing is fucking. As gangster, can I say the only time I laughed in this whole movie is when um, there's a scene uh, about halfway through where Jeffrey Rush, along with the um, who's uh, Eddie Izzard, whose accent is just all over the place, all over the place, um, where they uh, are in a limo and the mystery men beat them up. But there's a scene where. Um, they lower, they make the windows go down and the guy farts into the limo. <laughs> yeah. And then they make the windows go up. And I was like, if I just had to think in my mind of what would make me angry <laughs> yeah. and like upset and make my life worse, I can't think of anything than a guy who has um, supernatural science fiction level farts being able to trap me in an enclosed space. Um, that was brutal. I will say this, man. I, I was a little bit triggered. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit triggered. Uh, what I was triggered by is, um, I think this movie is indirectly a metaphor for uh, 
the creative arts, the performing performing arts. I just saw where you're going. Yeah. Um, specifically stand up comedy. Uh huh. Um, if you look, there's a scene where William H Macy comes home to his lovely house and his lovely wife and his family, and he's like, "You're out every night. You are out late." <laughs> and I was like, man, this is, I think this is, this is very pointed. This is like to stand up comedy. It's like, you don't get paid. I was like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> whoa, Ooh. it's a bit kabuki-ish. It's getting freaky now. I think that's what it is. It's like, these guys are, um, creatives trying to work on their craft and they struggle to get a gimmick together as such, you know, the pressures of life are starting to kind of encroach on it. Like the writing process of this film was like all these old SNL guys getting together and going, now what's even worse than what we did? I mean, yeah, depending on who you ask. But um, <laughs> yeah, I can. And the fact that they were in a diner, they were in a diner a lot, which I was <laughs> like, this is this is ringing some alarm bells um, for me. Man, Hank Azaria's character very interesting. Mm. Um, you already said that it's your weirdly work. Explain to me why this guy is weirdly work for you. I'm gonna uh, uh, right because I hate to I hate to bust this open so early, but Hank Azaria is my weirdly woke and my instant cancel for two different th- two different instances because Hank Azaria actually plays two roles in the movie. I don't know if you spotted the second one. Um, there is a moment when Ben Stiller is at the junkyard. I don't know, scavenging for scrap or something, and he hears the radio broadcast that Captain Amazing, Greg Kinnear's character, has gone missing. And the voice is a, it is a, a an Indian accent news reporter. And I was like, oh shit, that's Hank that's Azaria. It. Yeah, 100%. Right? And obviously as a kid, I wouldn't have known. Do you know what I mean? As a 10-year-old, I wouldn't even be thinking that they, would, they wouldn't hire a different person for that. Um, but his actual character, the Blue Raj is an American guy trying to be British culturally appropriating Indian culture. Yes. Right. Okay, I see I see where you're going. I see where and you're going. To take us back to Wolf of Wall Street and one of your main bugbears with film criticisms these days is just because it's in the film does not mean it's an endorsement. If you look at Hank Azaria's character as that's one of the most believable things I've seen in a like a batshit crazy 90s movies like this where I'm like yeah you know what that is exactly the kind of thing people did and didn't this was before this is before white people had heard the terms cultural appropriation this yeah. was pre-mainstream that and I'm like bro that is he's done it twice and as a double level of satire I'm like yeah go on I do want to say that my point is completely undercut by the fact that Hank Azaro was also actually cast as an Indian man in the same film. The writers were not aware of what they were doing in this case. It just so happens that it makes this point in this roundabout way. What else is... Uh, if, if you had to do... Um, should we move on to categories? I think we've actually been talking for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. All right. categories um right so we have categories where we compare these two movies where we uh take them we take one in the one hand one in the other hand we smush them together and we come up with some uh with some beautiful art and um the first category that we usually had is the weirdly 
woke moment. Actually, no, it's not, but we'll start with that one. The weirdly woke moment um, in this one is the uh, seldom seen um, <laughs> interracial couple uh, between uh, William H. Macy and I don't know the name of the actress. Jennifer. Uh, but it's a black actress. Is it Jennifer Lewis? Yeah, that's the one. Um, you rarely see it, and it's not a big deal. No one talks about it. It's just what it is. Uh, it's like that's how we need to do it. That's how it should be done. Jump in. Let's move on. But I wanted to ask you if you had any weirdly woke or cancels for the sixth sense. I actually did have a think, and I couldn't specific. The only one I could think is when Haley Joel Osment abused his um, poor defenseless teacher. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he made fun of his stutter. And I thought I thought Haley was um or Haley Joel. Or Joel Osmond, I'm not really sure. I think that was <laughs> I think that was uh highly inappropriate. Mm. I, I had one I had one instant cancel because it was there is the trope in 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 rom coms, in in all white relationship movies, there is a the woman always has a token black female best friend. Mm. Uh, and in the sixth sense, she didn't even make it into the movie. She just made it into the wedding video in the movie. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I did remember that. Yeah, that is lovely. Mm. Mm. And I had a weirdly woke as well. That was that. It was again. I can't believe we've crossed. I can't believe we've horseshoed on each other here. But that moment where he, where Haley Jolosman is having a go at his teacher, calling him stuttering Stanley. The thing that sparks the fight is the teacher says no one was hanged here and Haley Joel Osment says they were and then we see the people hanging later and I'm like it's an interesting thing about how uh, colonial history is taught and it often washes over a lot of the atrocities that were committed and I was like that's an interesting weirdly woke yeah. moment for me it's also why they picked um, Philadelphia um, one of the Great movie cities, actually. People forget uh, some great films in Philadelphia. Number one, National Treasure. (laughs) Um, We will do National Treasure. I'll see if I can't find anything that happened on National Treasure because I haven't seen those movies in a long time. And um, (laughs) um, what's crazy is we're uh, saying we're recording this not too long after um, the kind of craziness that's happening in America. And you know what's wild? You know what's wild? is by the time this gets released, could literally be anything. Like, something else, something else could have happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're referring specifically to people um, storming the Capitol building, if I'm not mistaken. The Capitol mm-hmm. building? That's what yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, insert whatever tragedy you want here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was. I kept thinking the National Treasure. I was like, man, Nicolas Cage, now's your chance. Get in there. <laughs> Get involved. Oh man, you could have said Rocky. You could have said Philadelphia. Anything. Yeah, yeah. Those are t- those are good joints too. Those are good joints. But mostly, um, mostly National Treasure, which I actually think the first National Treasure specifically, I actually think it's good. Mm. I I think it's not just kind. I don't think it's like ironically good. I like I write for it. We'll disagree when we do it on the podcast. That's what I'm saying for that. That's Sam telling me to move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Freaky Friday, if you had to actually switch uh, characters between uh, these two movies, what would you do? Uh, I, I'm, I'm doing a double. It's, it's, it's not a direct swap. So I'm taking Tony Collette from Sixth Sense. Uh, 
uh, Tony Collette, who plays a struggling but like just a fucking amazing single mother, right? Mm. Just doing it, but it's difficult. I'm putting her into Mystery Men as a new character, just as Ben Stiller's mother, because okay. I think Ben Stiller, unfortunately, is the least funny part of this movie uh as it holds up uh, the whole gimmick of him being angry and i just want to see ben stiller having to deal with just like a great mum who we all love and be- suddenly become the the true villain of the piece inversely i'm taking ben stiller out of mystery men and i'm putting him in bruce willis's role because i straight up want to see the scene where they're having like the conversations like, okay, we're going to play a little game where if I know what you're thinking, you take a step towards the chair and sit down and we talk and I get it wrong and you step back. And then the first time Haley Joel Osment steps back, he just does that Ben Stiller freak. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, kid? Get back in the fucking chair. It's just way too much. Just traumatizes him further. I can uh, I can see that. Um, if I had to switch someone in, I would get uh, Bruce Willis's wife in with the superpower to um, to not talk to someone for a whole year um <laughs> and just have her, her yeah. like everyone's like mystery men assemble and she's just like mm-hmm. okay there's a passive that's her power her power is <laughs> passive aggressive uh widow that's <laughs> oh okay really i guess well you know it's not like i it's not like you know, it's not like I love you or anything. Like it's like just being wild passive aggression. That's what I want to see. And then I want to see. Um, I actually think William H Macy, um, uh, but dead. William H Macy's dead, so he plays a ghost. Yeah, okay. I whatever ghost he plays, I know will be maybe someone who died in a shovel accident. Um, I don't really know how that works. Um, he dug a hole and then he fell into it. So it's quite an. Im- you know what's crazy though? I when what of all the deaths in the sixth sense, there's no like embarrassing deaths. Mm. Um which I find weird. Like there's no one who just like <laughs> fell like an old woman or person fell into the toilet and got stuck. Yeah. <laughs> and like everyone's like really embarrassed about it and stuff. And just a guy with his head stuck in like a, a fence. Just like yeah. Yeah, like one of those Darwin Awards ones. Or like God forbid, like um, you know, like a just a, a a death where you know you can't even really say what happened. Like, what's the thing where like someone got crushed by a vending machine? They try <laughs> to get just try to get a Yorkie out of it. Some shit I, like I think in the logic of the film is like they immediately get to pass on because they'd rather just be like, you know what, send me to hell rather than dealing with the shame of talking to this fucking judgmental kid. Also, I'm just thinking, just like as we are here, just thinking about this now, like what causes you to stay behind? Is it unfinished business? If I get murdered and they don't know who my murderer is, then then I can get kept back. But what if I get killed and I still don't know who my murderer is? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got got hit by a car. It's like, I didn't know who did it. How does this work? Am I like tied to Philadelphia? Because that's the other question as well. Like, look at when uh, Misha Barton for her funeral, mm. um, Heidi Joel Osman had to take a bus to to go and visit her funeral. Does that mean she took a bus? Is there public transport in the afterlife? How does that work? How does she know to come and find him? Mm. Well, she can sit on the bus, right? Because they can affect 
the world a little bit because the kid's got scratches all over him. So she can she can get on and she can sit on the bus, but how does she know who she's going to go see? Yes, it's a good question. Yeah, and also, like, if you died in a war, would you just need to stick around until the war ended to see who won? Would you need to be like, we did it? Oh, uh, well, that was a bummer. Yeah. (laughs) Or it turns out, like, yeah, you lost the war, so it turns out your side is the bad side. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit, man! (laughs) You just go visit Halo Joel Osment, and he's just like, you died for nothing. You died for nothing. So that's the news. The newer segment that we have, um, Sam, that I wanted to debut is um, what's the sequel? Mystery, Ma- mystery men two, um, mystery men two, mystery manner. Um more mystery, more men. <laughs> <laughs> more mystery, mi- more mystery, men, men. <laughs> um, mystery men two is uh, the increasing of this universe. Um, where we go to different countries. In fact, um, because it's such a bland, stupid movie, that's just <laughs> dumb, 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 dumb. I'm going to do the cop out sequel, um, that we do not see enough of anymore. Sam. Which is Mystery Men goes to Europe. Um, <laughs> Stop. <this> just... <laughs> Police Academy Seven all over again. Yeah, let's just. You know what? They don't make sequels like that anymore. We were just like, all right, there's no way to tell the story. All right, let's take it to England. Um, let's have Jackie Jackie Chan uh, <laughs> hang from Big Ben and see if we can kill him as a 60, 70 year old man. Make him do his own stunts. Yeah. Break every bone in his body. So um, that's what I would do. Um, I would do that. Uh, I uh, straight up would have to. Uh, it w- I would have to make it like a hard hitting draw. It's it's basically it's the mystery men as they were, have have retired. They they're going through Greg Kinnear's journey, right? They've solved all crime, and they it's it's more of a straight reboot, and they have to train a bunch of new kids, but they're only allowed to do it through social media. Oh wow. Because and so all the kids are like, they can't learn because their brains have been fried by social media. Brains have been fried. They don't want to deal with. It. They, they they don't want to go out and get hit in the face. Uh, just in case anyone was wondering, uh, in the end, uh, the mystery men triumph and they um they kill um Jeffrey Rush mm. at the end. So still though, shout out to that. The what thing that still makes me laugh is Jeffrey Rush fighting with his little cocaine nail. That was great. When he, had, mm. he has a little coke, a uh, little coke nail, and like the little coke nail makes a little, like a little, <laughs> yeah, a little sound effect. Um, I think that's it, dude. I think that's it. I think that's all we have. Um, anything that you want to recommend? You saw anything good recently? Oh shit! What did we? Uh, watch something fucking great. I've lost it. No, no, you know, don't watch anything. Just listen to this. <laughs> Um, I wanted. To, I do want to recommend something. I had like I had like wild insomnia earlier in the week, and I watched Richard Jewell. Oh yeah, the Clint Eastwood movie, and I thought it was absolutely excellent. I thought it was um, one of the better movies I've seen in the last year, because it splits the perfect difference between making fun of, uh, or not making fun, but critiquing MAGA America. And also um, critiquing libtard, soy boy, cocktard. America. <laughs> it's uh, Clint Eastwood as a 70-year-old man or 80-year-old man shouting at a cloud. Um, <laughs> but okay, occasionally, it turns out the cloud is actually 
a plane and it's coming to kill us. <laughs> um, but um, I very much enjoyed that. I very much enjoyed that. So I recommend that if you um, if you have anything to check. Anything else, Sam? Otherwise, let's oh, get out of here. You know what I did? Sorry. This is, this is it. I binge watched all of it. I heavily recommend it. Cheesy as shit. But I watched all of Cobra Kai. It's fucking great. Really? Yeah, it's so it's fun. It's so see, much fun. See, I would never have watched that if you didn't say that. I Give it a go, have... man. Okay. Okay. Oh, anyway, guys, there we are. Watch a little bit of Cobra Kai. Watch a little bit of Richard Jewell. Good joints. And uh, we'll catch you next time.